it's an afternoon session. It's an afternoon session, so I know you're not supposed to be too rowdy, but I'm looking for the crazy ones. I'm looking, I'm looking for the unashamed ones. I'm looking for the unafraid ones. I wonder, I wonder if the devil knows what he's in for. Messing with this generation. I wonder, I wonder if all of the forces of the enemy are somewhere shivering, scared, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I wonder if God is excited because he already knows what's about to break out in here this afternoon. I got a feeling that heaven is turned up right now. And there's no reason for heaven to be turned up and we're turned down. So I'm going to give you exactly 10 seconds and I'm going to say two words throughout my time with you this afternoon. Two simple words, praise break. And when I say them, you have to give God the craziest, most radical, life-changing expression of praise that you've ever given. So that means you can't just clap and ooh, and ooh. You've got to actually do something you've never done, which means you're going to have to do a cartwheel. You're going to have to spin around. You're going to have to shake your face. You're going to have to do something really crazy because God deserves crazy praise. And I am in the midst of a crazy, radical, on fire for Jesus generation. I can't believe what I'm seeing this afternoon. Where have y'all been hiding This nation needs you. The earth needs you. Yeah! We need this generation. And man, I feel the strength of the Holy Ghost in this church right now. Praise break. That is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. First of all, for those who don't know me, which is pretty much all of you, um, I want to bring you greetings from my wife who is not able to travel with me. She has a ministry obligation in Florida and she is traveling with our Florida in the building. She's traveling with our three-month-old daughter, and I have with me my 15-month-old son. And so we had two kids inside of a year. That's how I roll. Bang, bang. 
I was 37 when I got married. I was a virgin, not ashamed to say that. We waited. So I'm making up for lost time. Amen. My wedding marriage counselor was like, Brother John, it's so good you're getting married right now because, you know, Jesus could come back at any moment. I said, he better wait till I check in this hotel. That's what he better do. I've been waiting 37 years. He can wait. Don't well, just hold on, Jesus. You've been up there 2,000 years. Give me a few moments, please. Let me lay hands. <laughs> I'm for real. And I say that to encourage this generation that God truly is a keeper if you want to be kept. I want you to honor God with your body, live a holy life, serve him with your sexuality, walk in purity. Young ladies, don't allow anyone to dishonor who you are. You are the daughter of a king. You are a Proverbs 31 woman. If a young man doesn't want to respect you, doesn't want to honor you, he is not worth your time. You, you are covenant worthy. And any man that wants to approach you should be talking to the heavenly father and your earthly father or whoever your caregivers are. First, guard against unnecessary conversation and illegal text messages. Hey girl, send me a picture. Send him a picture of an open Bible. With his nasty self. I want to encourage young men to keep your seed, for your seed is your inheritance. Your seed is your inheritance, and as young men, you have the honor of creating a legacy. Guard your legacy, guard your purity as best you can and stand with others who are walking in that path. Stay connected to people who will hold you accountable. Don't allow the shifting winds of today's society, which is morally ambiguous and you can do what you want and just live how you want and everything's cool. The devil is a lie. God is still holy. The word still stands and Jesus is still coming back. Can I get an amen from some young people in Colorado Springs right about now? Praise break. I think you're probably supposed to stay down there, though. Wow. That's awesome. Maybe I won't do a whole lot of those anymore. This is an honor to be speaking to world leaders because that's what you are. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 10, for as the rain comes down from heaven and the snow, uh uh-oh, that's protection, is that what that, it's awesome, military, just then I feel good, that's what I'm saying, we look like a reverse Oreo, vanilla with the chocolate in the middle, 
This moment was already written in heaven. The Bible says, for as the rain comes down from heaven and the snow, that it may water the earth. It does not return there, that it may water the earth and bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that flows forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that for which I sent it. It will accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You are not simply a human being. You are not the product of a romantic encounter between mom and dad. You are not the will of man. You are the express image of a living God. You cannot sneak into the earth. You cannot accidentally get into the earth. You have to be spoken into the earth. When God looked at the landscape of society and saw what the enemy was trying to do, he waited until the right moment. You had always been in God's mind, but at a certain point, you went from God's mind to God's mouth and he spoke you and the egg connected to the seed and you grew in your mother's womb until such time as you became too much for the womb to contain and the womb rejects the baby which is what we call birth and God says I'm pushing you out into another level of destiny another level of purpose another level of abundance of overflow of relevance I need you to step up to the plate and utilize every gift every skill set every place of dormant anointing that this earth is in need of. Talk about having the right conference at the right place. I'm glad we're in an elevated place. I'm glad we're far above sea level because we need to get above every principality and power of the enemy and cast down every high thing. We're in the right place at the right time. We need some young people who understand that you are exactly who God was counting on. Me, 14 years old? Yeah. Me, 13? Yeah. But I'm only 16. Yeah, guess what? And Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years, did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, walked in the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. And in the eighth year of the reign of King Josiah, in the eighth year of his reign, he began to seek the God of his father David. At 16, he was hungering for the deep things of God. So God is saying, there's some teenagers in here that I need to step up to the plate. I need you to begin to get hungry for the deep things of God, the manifest presence of God, the glory of God, the Shekinah, the weighty presence that the man of God sings about. We need a real move of God, not more church, not more sermons, not more high fives and have fun and just come to camp. It's great to meet people and make new friends, but we need the presence of the living God. And Paul, said I did not come here with persuasive words of human wisdom but in demonstration of power in the Holy Ghost and that's what we need right now are there any teenagers that are ready to stand up and be greatly used of God in a desperate time somebody make some noise I have decided that Through my life or my death, God will be glorified. 
for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll either die for it or they'll take my life because of it. Whether you know it or not, you are living in the most unpleasant time for Christians in the history of this country. Never has there been a more, a least popular time to be a believer. Everything that we believe is being attacked. We are labeled bigots for standing on the word. We are labeled hate mongers for preaching truth. We are being marginalized slowly but surely. People are legislating things that if we speak against it, they're going to label it hate speech. In a moment, they're going to start attacking churches because that's the end goal of the enemy is to mute the church. But that idiot must not get the revelation that Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Everything the devil has done and will do has already failed. Praise bright. That's awesome. To the adults, parents, youth leaders, youth pastors, senior leaders, volunteers, there's never been a more necessary moment for you to remain in youth ministry. Us growing up, so different than what these kids are dealing with. To this young generation, I'm sorry. I, I wish that we could have turned over a better structure to you. But unfortunately, it's on you now. God doesn't bring this many leaders together if failure is an option. You're here right now because you are the best that God can do. I need you to wake up in the morning when you get up. And look in the mirror, you need to declare what David said, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You need to look in the mirror and be like, I am amazing. Because God created you that way. And it is not pride to say about yourself what God has said about you first. We're in a culture, an age of media, entertainment, art, politics, and standing in stark contrast to the prevailing winds of society is the church. You, you're the wall that the enemy wants to break. Thousands of teenagers in this church right now, but I'm looking for the wild ones, the crazy ones. I know, I know, everybody's not going to become a prophet. I know everybody's not going to be a senior pastor, but there are some leaders in this room that are going to change the world. There's somebody in the back of this church right now. Maybe your friends are laughing, texting, and talking, but you're serious about this thing. This thing is real to you. I want to talk to you for a few moments. Now, this stage is huge, and this whole thing, I feel like Michael Jackson up here when he was black. And... Uh, 
Yo, that's the kind of music I grew up on. I know y'all listen to whoever, but when I was growing up, music was music. And uh, back in the day, you know, I used, I used to grow up. I'm telling you, I was a Michael Jackson fan. I, you know, the problem with Mike is that he had an anointing, but didn't have the right person activated. And so clearly he was a worship leader. He had the ability to write songs that the world would sing, but instead of allowing the worship to flow through him, he wanted it to come to him. And worship does not fit the frame of man. It is only fitting for the form of God. So when men try to steal worship, it never works. But I look at that man and look at the gift that he had and had somebody grab that gift and nurtured it. He could have been one of the great psalmists like David. But for me, I take those songs, I turn them around. I miss Mike so much, I order my food at McDonald's, Michael Jackson style, just to keep his memory alive. I was at McDonald's, they were like, can I take your order? I was like, can I get a number one with the fries and a soda? Could you have some chicken nuggets, sweet and sour? Won't you hurry? Chicken nuggets, are you okay? Chicken nuggets, are you okay? Are you okay, chicken? All right. I change his songs around and turn them into gospel songs. People say, well, why would you do that? Because that's the devil's music. Let me tell you something. The devil doesn't have music. The devil has never created anything. He can only pervert what has already been created. God is the author of all sound, of all music. I take everything that he took, I'm taking it back. I take songs and make them gospel. It's close to midnight. Something evil's lurking in the dark. (laughs) Under the moonlight, the Holy Spirit really wants your heart. So close your eyes and realize this is not imagination. And all the while, the king of kings, he wants your very life, your very life. His name is Jesus, Jesus Christ, bled and died and rose just to give eternal life. His name is Jesus, Jesus Christ, bled and died and rose to bring you eternal life. That's enough of that. (laughs) There was a sound that we grew up on, but your sound is different. You have a different key. But God has given you the ability to change the world right where you are. But you can't be domestic. I don't need you to be like the generation that came before you. Your unique gift, your calling, doesn't look like anyone else's. Just like I said in Isaiah 55, you are a unique expression of God and your thumbprint is an original thumbprint. There has never been another you in the history of the world and there'll never be another you. And there's something that only you can do that no one else can do. You've got to find out from the Holy Spirit through prayer, Father, what 
am I called to do? I want to do your will. I want to serve you in purpose. And I want no stone left unturned. Is anybody ready to go wild for their king? The earth is in trouble. Matthew 24 is happening in your lifetime. Wars, rumors of war, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes, pestilences in various places. It's happening in your lifetime, which means 1 Thessalonians 4 could happen in your lifetime and he will crack the sky at the last trumpet sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and those that remain will be caught up to meet him in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. Does anybody else look forward to seeing Jesus crack the sky? This nation needs the Lord. And I believe God's going to use your generation to get our nation's attention. So today I want to talk from the subject of the wild ones. The wild ones. Now this word is only for the radical ones. The crazy ones, the misunderstood ones, the misfits, the ones that everybody's like, you're totally weird. Because you are. You never fit in. What about the, some of you, you try to fit in. It's like, can I hang with you guys? Can I totally hang with you? Can I hang with you, please? Sarah, Jenna, please, can I hang with you? And also, and then sometimes. And then, listen, stop trying to fit in. You were never called to fit in. You were always called to stand out. You were always called to be different. You are peculiar. You are royal. You are a holy nation, his own special people. You are different. Stop trying to fit in. Leaders don't fit in. They stand out. You're not called to follow. You're called to lead. Let the leaders lead. No longer should you apologize for the gifts God has given you. No longer should you minimize the anointing that's on your life. Stop minimizing the calling on your life to make insecure people feel better about themselves. Be everything God has called you to be. Do everything God has created for you to do. And if people can't handle it, they need to take it up with the God that gave you multiple gifts. And by the way, I did say gifts. You've got more than one thing, more than one calling, more than one gift, more than one level of authority, more than one place of position, more than one place of prominence. God is giving you multiples. This is the end of the show. This is the end of the fireworks display. 2,000 years of firebomb after firebomb in the Holy Ghost, but now is the grand finale. This is when God pulls all the stops out and lets the devil know, you already defeated, but I'm going to make it a big, fat, open display, you loser. Listen, let me tell you something. Don't you ever again be afraid of a devil. The Bible says when Jesus rose up, he said, I got all power in heaven, earth, and under the earth. That means the devil is under your feet. Stop talking to devils face to face. If you want to talk to the enemy, write a note on the bottom of your shoe because that's where he is under your feet. From your seat, from your seat in your section without moving, praise break.
God is looking for the ones who he's been whispering to and you know you can't escape his voice anymore. He wakes you up at weird hours of the night, 408, 326, 254. You think that it's gas. That's the Holy Ghost. You're like, ooh. He's like, no, wake up. I got to talk to you. Not now, Jesus. I got to use the bathroom, Jesus. God says, I woke you up in the middle of the night because that's the only time I can get you by yourself. You are the most gifted generation the world has ever seen. You're also the most distracted generation the world has ever seen. Most of you don't even turn your phone off at night anymore. Your sleep can be interrupted at one o'clock in the morning because somebody sent a text or Facebook notification came through or some Instagram notification. You can't even sleep a full night because you don't know how to unplug. And you think that God's going to share the mysteries of the kingdom when he has to share you with Facebook and Twitter and whatever else you're doing? Do you think he's going to celebrate this generation that's all about Facebook and they won't put their face in his book? God is looking for an undistracted generation. God wants to know, I know that you want to act like you're cool in front of your friends. You want to come in here and act all hard. And he's saying, but would you humble yourself? Would you listen? Would you break yourself in my presence? Would you allow me to speak to you? Since I created you in my image, all the things that you're insecure about, I could finish those things in you if you would come and spend time with me. If you would allow... Me, who created you to give you identity, purpose, and destiny, you stop looking for validation in mirrors, trying to fix what was never broken in the first place. If you came to me, you would understand that the reason why things bother you the way they do is because I put something in you. It's an, a righteous indignation. The thing that keeps you up at night is the thing you're designed to solve. If you can't sleep that it bothers you so bad, God's given you an anointing for it. And let me tell you something. There's a couple things that keeps me, couple things that keep me up at night. One of them is that the church is under attack. And I'm tired of people legislating things that minimize the voice of the church. I'm never going to shut up about Jesus. I'm never going to be quiet about Jesus. Let me tell you something right now. Jesus is the son of the living God. He's the first begotten of the dead. He lived a sinless life. 30 years of purpose for three years of ministry for three hours of destiny. Don't tell me that he's not the son of God lived a sinless life. He is the full payment for my sin. Only through him can I get back to the father. He is the door to the father. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the father except through him. You're crazy. You believe in virgin birth? Yes, I do. I believe Mary was a virgin. I believe angels announced his birth and God declared him when he was baptized. I believe Jesus is the truth. He is the hope of the world. And Christ in us is the hope of glory. Praise, break, praise, break, praise, break. Praise, break.
What's his name? King of Kings. Lord of Lords. Prince of Peace. What's his name? Everybody just go ahead and shout one good time for Jesus Christ. You are the generation God is looking for. See, the devil plays checkers. God plays chess. God is always thinking four and five generations ahead. Now that I'm a father, I've got a son. His name is John W. Gray IV. may not be significant to you, but it is to me because my grandfather died prematurely and my father died prematurely neither one of them having fulfilled the fullness of their destiny had things turned out a different way. But because God is so faithful, when he spoke the name John Gray into the earth, the Bible says his word does not come back void or in that translation. It literally is like God sending a letter to the earth and he's saying it's not going to come back to me, return to sender, unopened. Everything that I speak is going to happen in the earth. When God said the name John Gray, he didn't just say a name. It was a purpose with a name attached. I'm not just the name. I'm a purpose with a name attached. When God said John Gray, there was a purpose. And even though my father didn't fulfill it, my grandfather didn't finish it. Guess what? He kept saying the name John Gray. Every time the letter came back unopened, he said, I said John Gray. And so that's why I do more than one thing. I don't just preach. I don't just worship. I don't just sing. I don't just do comedy. I don't just direct movies. I don't just pastor. I do more than one thing because my name has multiple avenues, multiple callings, just like you. And I'm going to do everything Everything that my name is supposed to do in the earth, your name has power. Your name carries weight. Your name carries authority right there at 13 years old. You are some kind of amazing. I mean to tell you the devil messed up when he let you get saved. Matter of fact, he didn't let you get saved. The Bible says he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, which means God chose you to choose him. And when you came to the altar and gave your life to Christ, it acted the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you. And that's why you're here today because you know God is calling you to a higher place, a greater plane, a greater level. This is the moment you've been waiting for. No more delay. No more setbacks. No more I wonder if it's my time. It is your time. I came to declare six foot four, 330 pounds of Negro came to tell you that God is releasing you, launching you, propelling you into destiny. Praise, break. Okay, I won't do any more praise breaks. We got too many people. Okay, I'll do one more, but don't, don't get in trouble. I don't want you to get in trouble. Like, this guy's got them running around. They're crazy. I want you to go to Luke chapter 6. The wild ones. 
And I know you have an evening session. I know that you guys have been faithful in the conference, and I want to honor that time. But I want to give you some points. I don't want this to simply be an emotional moment. I need to give you foundation in the word so that you have some substance, something that you can glean from, lean on, talk about at the hotel tonight in your small groups with your youth group. It's my prayer that the Lord will allow this moment to be a growth moment, a defining moment in the culture of your own life. I want the Lord to launch you. I want you to be everything you're called to be. Here in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, reading from the New King James Version, we find our Lord Jesus coming from an all-night prayer meeting. And I think this place knows something about 24-hour prayer. Got a world prayer center across the parking lot. Something about this place reaches the heavens. And I'm grateful and honored to be a part of what the Lord is doing. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them, he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. The wild ones. Jesus is still calling people by name. Because we're in a corporate setting, it's very hard to believe that the great God of the universe would take time out to say your name. But you need to know something about God. God, I'm talking about the great God. I'm talking about the God that makes stars, throws them in the air, the Bible says in Psalms that each star has a name. Just in case you thought that, you know, Wow, that's cool, because I see a lot of stars. Let me tell you something. There are 170 billion, between 170 billion and 200 billion known galaxies with multiple trillions of stars in any one direction. You can travel 47 billion years in any direction, and that is what we know about the universe. This God who created that who named each star. And you don't name something that can't respond. They twinkle because he tells them to. This God who has four and 20 elders, this God who have cherubim and seraphim, who cry out holy, 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 to the point that the doorposts of heaven shake from their voice. This God who creates worlds you've never seen. This God who rank upon rank upon rank of angels worships. This God who made this earth in six days spoke it. And then on the sixth day said, I'm not going to speak this one. I'm going to put my hands on it. Of all the things that God has ever done, the only one he put his hands on was you. Don't you ever underestimate your value to God. The devil doesn't hate you because you're a Christian. 
He hates you because you're a Christian and you look like God. The Bible says, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, an image is a snapshot from your phone, but a likeness is a 3D rendering. You reach into the dirt and Adam or red man or ruddy man or man from the clay, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. This God who breathed once into one man and out of that one breath, all humanity came to be. This God wants relationships with you in the earth and when he created you he said I want you to have dominion over the fish of the sea the birds of the air the beast of the field and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the face of the earth which means when he created you he said I want you to handle earth the way I handle heaven you carry so much authority that this contract is in force every day of your life. The Bible is an Old Testament or Old Covenant covenant contract and a New Covenant contract. Contracts are not in force until they are signed. Jesus has authority in the New Covenant because he signed the New Covenant, not in ink, but in blood. That is why in the Bible his letters are read because when he speaks, the blood speaks. And when he speaks, he's speaking about you. Don't you tell me you don't matter to God. He allowed his son to die, not only for you, he died as you. For he that knew no sin was made to be sin, that through him we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus did not die a sinless man. He died with my sins on him and your sin on him. It was me on that cross. Until you see you on the cross, you miss the power of salvation. It should have been you. But the father said, I'm going to put it all on him. And I'm going to let you go free. And the responsibility that Jesus lives today in us is you live my life since I took your death. You declare my praise since I took your curse. You are the generation that can change it all. And you cannot expect anyone else to do it. Jesus is still calling people by name. So Jesus says, I'm going to choose 12. One of them is going to be a traitor. The Bible says clearly that Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. Sometimes when one of your friends lets you down that you didn't expect, you're like, I can't believe it, you Judas. No, that's not Judas. Judas is expected. Jesus knew exactly who he was choosing. said, I know that you're going to sell me out at the end but I actually need you because without you, I can't get to the cross. So when Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, he said, friend, do what you came to do because even those who betray you are your friends if they push you into your destiny. Don't be upset when people leave you, friends hurt you, people talk about you. God will even use that to get you to a blessed place to a place of destiny, to a place of authority, to a place of purpose. 
And I need you to start walking in it now. I can't wait till you're 30 and 40. Need you at 14, 15, 16 to be on fire for God. Need you living holy. Need you to have some oil on your fingers and walk down the corridor of your school. You ain't got to shout and speak in tongues loud enough for them to say something, but you can speak in your spirit. How you doing, Mrs. Johnson? And just put your hands on the chair and just declare that the Holy Ghost is in charge of your school. He's in charge of your team. He's in charge of your cheerleading squad. He's in charge at the mall, you need to declare that the enemy has no authority on your street, on your block, with your friends, on your computer. You need to declare that wherever you step, it belongs to God. He listens to you because your name matters in the earth. Jesus chose 12 wild dudes. He's still choosing the wild ones. Jesus was a rabbinical priest. The Bible says in Hebrew, he's a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, a king and a priest. So why wouldn't he choose Pharisees and Sadducees? Why wouldn't he choose the religious elite, those who were learned in the Pentateuch? Why? Why wouldn't he choose them who knew the prophetic books? Because all of that studying without any Holy Ghost is just knowledge. Jesus said, all the ones who are supposed to know who I am don't even know me because I upset the balance of power. And that's why a lot of people are insecure with gatherings like this because it upsets the balance of power. And you got the anointing of the Holy Ghost at 15, but there's some 50-year-old grown folk that don't carry what you carry. And that bothers them because they want people to think that they're popular and they're the ones you should go to. But the Bible is saying, and a child shall lead them. You carry the weight of change in your spirit. But we don't need you to be conservative, buttoned up. We don't need you to be the religious elite. You notice when Jesus had a problem, he only really went off on religious people. When, he was, when it was sinners, because you know church folk, we love to tear people down. Look at you, you're in sin. You're a dirty birdie. You're naughty. (laughs) You're naughty. I know what you did. You're a dirty birdie. And we always want to bring up your sin. But notice how people have grace for the thing they're struggling through. But when it's you, get to the altar. Let me tell you something. Stop getting saved every week at youth group. You are saved by the confession of your faith. Salvation is a free gift given to you through the confession of your mouth. Sanctification is a process that can take a lifetime. Stop beating yourself up because you're in process. God is still calling you by name. I'm looking for the wild ones. Any wild ones in the church this afternoon? We have been invited to participate in the most important work in the history of all mankind, the advancement of the kingdom of God through the establishment and expansion of the Holy Church. 
That can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit as we raise the banner of Jesus Christ as Lord. We need unashamed, unapologetic, uncompromising voices right now. Because right now the church is in seeker-sensitive mode. And listen, God, he doesn't mind your issues. Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't die for my issues. He died for my sins. I can get a psychologist for my issues, but a psychologist and a psychiatrist can't get me delivered from no devils. I need the blood of Jesus to do that. I need the blood of Jesus to break the back of sin, to break the back of demonic strongholds. I need the blood of Jesus to disarm principalities. Am I talking to anybody in here? I don't need a life coach. I need a new life. And that can only be found in Jesus. Everybody wants to be seeker and sensitive and God is in the ocean and he's in the air and he's in the mountains and trees and God is in the little birdies and God, God is in the flowers. God is also holy and his name has not changed and we need to keep his name on our mouth and his character on our heart and let's stop compromising the gospel for the sake of the crowd. Real quiet. Jesus wasn't about crowds. He was about truth. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And most of them left. He wasn't even mad. He said to the disciples, he said, hey, you guys going to leave too? He didn't manipulate him. He just wanted to know. He said, I just need to know who's rolling with me. This is what it costs. This is what I'm here for. Either you all in or you all out. And he said, where else are we going to go? You got the words of life. He said, cool, let's go. And 12 wild ones changed the whole world. And we got more than 12 in here. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Do you understand what you could do with just the people on your row? Do you know what you could do with the people that were on the van with you? Do you realize the authority that you carry all of y'all in the hotel? That hotel should be so filled with the Holy Ghost that people who sneaking in there with somebody that ain't they white, as soon as they walk in, uh-uh, we got to leave. Just some Jesus is in here. I can't even do wrong in here. I got, come on, let's go. Matter of fact, Let's go back in and get saved. I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm going home to my wife. I'm telling you, that's the kind of power that you carry. Do you realize that's the power of Jesus, that those who are in sin are lovingly convicted and will fall in the face of mercy. But you got to be a wild boy or a wild girl to carry that kind of authority. Any wild girls in the room? We're the wild girls. Where my wild boys, wild boys. Let me give you the definition of wild. I've got to move fast. I believe that I'm moving a little slower than I'd like. I don't want to keep you. Thank you, bro. The Bible says... Jesus chose them after he had continued all night in prayer. That means he said, Father, I got a lot of people crowding me, but I need the ones that are going to come out from the crowd and be the committed core. And he prayed about that thing all night. And when he emerged, he said, because they were all his disciples, read it, that was deep. He had a lot of disciples. 
He only chose 12 as apostles who would establish what we're walking in right now. 12. One night of prayer changed everything. I don't know about you, but there can never be enough emphasis on intercession. Do you understand that if you would just literally just focus for a few minutes in prayer, you could get a download from heaven that could change the trajectory of the earth? Do you know that prayer is the crimson lifeline between us and the creator of all things? The enemy wants to cut you off and get you distracted from the holy connection that you have with your father and make you think that being in the presence of the almighty God is boring, that TV is more important, that checking your phone is more important. God is God and there is none like him. The mountains fall in his presence. Darkness runs from him. Lightning hides from him. He's covered in clouds of thick darkness. No man has ever seen him. And he wants to talk to you. I'm sorry, but I got to give him praise for that because I know where I came from and he made me worthy by the blood of the lamb and he calls me into relationship and he calls me closer and he calls me son. I get to cry out with the spirit of adoption, Abba Father, Daddy God. He's not just far off. He's as close as my next breath. He's as near as my next cry. Praise break. Jesus is still calling the wild ones. I wonder what it was like. You've been out there on the Sea of Galilee fishing. Don't know how long. Never really told anybody what was in your heart, Simon. Neither Andrew or James and John, just fishermen. But something in them knew there was more to their life than sitting on this boat, bringing empty nets day in and day out. And someday, one day, everything changed. Their secret prayer was answered, stuff they couldn't even tell people. But up shows a man, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, lay down those nets, come follow me. And without asking questions, they knew that that man was the answer to their prayer. Even if they didn't know all of what he carried, they knew that my life just changed. I want you to know everything can change in a moment. I want you to know that I feel in the power of the Holy Ghost to declare that we are in that moment. We are in a moment where everything shifts. I feel the Holy Ghost. We are in a prophetic moment. I believe that something has opened up over this conference as of this very moment at 3.39. I believe it with all my heart. Does anybody else feel the presence of the Holy Ghost? 
Can we just worship? Just worship. Come on, just worship for a minute. Just take a second. Take 15 seconds and just worship the Lord. Just find something to say to the Lord. Worship him right now. Come on. Say something to God. You don't have to shout. Just say, God, I I sense your presence. God, I know that you're here. Just like that, I need you to get it out of your mouth. Don't wait. What are you looking at me for? Talk to him. God, we acknowledge you. Because there is none like you. Oh, no one else can touch my heart like you do. I can search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none like you. I don't want you to clap for me. I don't want you to clap with the song. I had to sing it out of my spirit because it's true. God is looking for you to step up. More than video games, more than Halo. He wants you to start shining your halo. I need you to stop worrying about what happens at other people's super sweet 16 and get on Proverbs 16 and 3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. God is looking for somebody he can call by name, call you out from your school group and say, come on, follow me. Watch this. They didn't stop being fishermen. They just became fishermen whose purpose got unlocked. God doesn't want you to leave the football team. He wants you to lead the football team. He doesn't want you to leave lacrosse, soccer, tennis, or whatever else you're doing. He doesn't want you to leave the drama team or the dance club. He doesn't want you to leave any of that. He wants you to lead it. The devil tricks you into thinking that once you get saved, now you don't have a personality anymore. You're not allowed to have fun, can't have no joy. That's a lie of the devil. Jesus said, I came that you'd have life and life more abundantly. He came to enhance the life that you have. He saved your soul. He sanctifies your personality. Keep doing what you do, but now you got supernatural swagger behind you. Keep doing what you do. Now you got the breath of the Holy Ghost on you. I'm looking for some wild boys and some wild girls. Are you in here? The definition of wild is occurring, growing, or living in a natural state, not domesticated, cultivated, or tamed. God's saying, I want to train you, but I don't want to tame you. I want you trained in the word, but I want you to stay wild. I want you to stay on the edge. I want you to stay hungry. I want you to stay passionate for me. I want you to start the worship before they start singing at tonight's session. I want you down front. I want you starting. I want you beating on the edge of the stage. He says, I want to train you, but I don't want to tame you. I want you to stay wild. I want you to be uniquely you. I want you to maintain the personality that I've given you and use the gifts that I've given you. I don't want you to be less than. I came that you'd be greater than. Bible says in Psalm 92, and I'm quickly bringing this to a close, planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. God wants to grow some wild ones. But the struggle is the enemy makes you think because you've made mistakes, you're unworthy. 
disqualified. He's a liar and he's defeated. Let me tell you something. When you accepted Jesus Christ, you got planted in the house of the Lord. But anything planted has to go through seasons before it produces. Have you ever seen an apple tree straining? (laughs) Hey, Mr. Apple Tree, what you doing? Trying to make an apple. (laughs) Why are you straining? Because I'm an apple tree. I better make one. Oh, gosh, that's a lemon. (laughs) Lemons don't grow on apple trees because it's not in their DNA. Stop trying to produce fruit on your own. You're not the ground. You're the seed. Stay planted. The ground that you're in will cause you to produce what you are naturally. Your job is to stay planted. God's job is to produce fruit. But you can't produce unless you go through the death of winter and the seeding of spring and the heat of summer. Then you get to the harvest of fall. But you've got to go through seasons of growth. Don't beat yourself up at 15 because you don't walk in the full nine of the, you know, the the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. And you're 13 and you're beating yourself up. Please, would you relax? You've got time. But that you're in the process is what God wants. And if you stay planted, what you're called to produce will be produced naturally. So I give you three things for the wild ones. First thing, stay wild. Stay wild. Stay wild. Matthew chapter 3 verse 4 says, that John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus, was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. That was a wild boy. He just out in the middle of the desert calling the Pharisees, brood of vipers. Let me get that locust right there. Put a little extra honey on it. Just six-piece locusts with honey sauce. Just eating locusts, rocking camel hair and a leather belt in the desert. Do you know how hot it is? And he rocking camel hair? He just out there. Jesus is coming. He was a wild boy. But they respected him because everything he said came to pass. Stop dumbing it down. They going to think you crazy until God starts moving The key about locusts and wild honey, locusts is a source of protein. That's what you need to survive. The honey is the extra. It's the sweet that goes along with the need. Everything ain't just about necessity. God wants to give you abundant life. Not just the locusts, but the wild honey too. You should expect that God's going to start doing some supernaturally sweet things in your life. Expect for God to bless you with fresh revelation. Expect God to give you some new friends. Expect God to open up new opportunities for you to share your faith. Expect for God to answer your prayers. This ain't just about a future answered prayer. 
I want to see my prayers answered right now. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a wellspring of life. I don't just pray for the future. I want to see God answer some stuff right now. Locusts is what you need, but the wild honey makes it sweeter. God says, I don't want you thinking I'm all about the law. Locusts, I'm all about the law and grace, honey. That's the old and the new. That's what Jesus is. Behold, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. And Jesus embodies everything of the Father. And we are partakers of that grace. Stay wild. Stay hungry. Stay passionate. Don't ever change. Don't let people stop you from being you. Stay wild. Second thing, stay in wonder. Stay in wonder. Psalm 86, 8 through 10 says, among the gods, there is none other like you, Lord, nor are there any works like your works. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you and shall glorify your name. For you are great and you do wondrous things. You alone are God. It's very easy in today's society to become casual with God. Don't ever be casual with the Lord. Stay in awe of him. Stay in wonder of him. Don't come in here casual. This is not your house. It's his house. You come in with expectation. You come in with reverence. You come in with an excitement saying the Lord's going to meet us tonight. I'm going to get a revelation in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to grow up tonight. God's going to show me something about myself and about my destiny that I'd never seen. I want you to stay in wonder. I want you to be in awe. It's not just an emotional encounter. Every encounter with God, something is seeded in you. And the last thing for the wild ones is to stay in worship. The word worship in Hebrew means to lay prostrate. In other words, get low. The Bible says in Psalm 29 and 2 in Psalm 96 and 9 to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Holiness is not a dirty word. Holiness is a word of honor that the living God would call us holy through the blood of Jesus. Holiness, the enemy wants you to think holiness is separation from all the fun things. That's a lie. Holiness is separation to God. God says, you belong to me. God says, I want to elevate you. I want, I want you to come up here. All of that stuff down there doesn't matter. I've marked you as holy. Many of you struggle because you know you're marked. You can't even do what everybody else does without getting caught. You always getting caught. Every time you try to sneak and do something, you always get caught. You're mad. Don't be mad. You need to thank God. You need to thank the Lord. Some of y'all get mad. For what you don't have, you need to thank God for some of the stuff you don't have. Some of the things you didn't get to do. Thank God because you didn't know that there was a car accident on the other side of trying to get to that party. You didn't know that there was a disease on the other side of trying to be intimate prematurely with that individual. You didn't know that it was God protecting you. You need to thank the Lord that he separated you for a purpose, that he called you to himself. You need to stay in worship. Stay in the beauty of holiness. And as I close, I want you to know, not only is the hand of God on you, but the power of God is for you. Jesus chose 12, and he gave them authority to cast out devils, speak in new tongues. He gave them authority 
And that's what you have. See, Jesus said, it's better that I go so that the comforter can come. You, I gotta go so that the spirit that's on me can now be on more than one person. He said, greater works will you do. He didn't say better works. Greater there means multiplied. So what Jesus was doing is one man, the same Holy Ghost that was on him is on me. So I can represent the Holy Spirit. I can represent Jesus in Houston. You can represent him in Florida and you can represent him in Kansas and you can represent him here in Colorado and you can represent him over there in wherever you're from. You carry the same Holy Ghost that Jesus had. That is the authority that we've been given. You telling me that I'm going to be domestic, that I'm going to be average, that I'm going to allow the weeds of the world to cause me to get uprooted. No, I'm staying planted in the garden and I'm going to grow fruit according to the word of God and I'm going to be wild and I'm going to be loud and I'm going to be rowdy and you're not going to shut me up and I'm going to serve Jesus till I die and I'm going to tell my friends and I'm going to tell my enemies and I'm going to make that devil bow down and I'm not giving up and I'm not giving in and I'm going to do everything that I was created to do and I declare that this generation can't even die until you do what you were created to do. No premature car accidents, no juvenile diabetes, no issues with HIV, AIDS, herpes, no blood-borne diseases. I declare a supernatural protection over this generation that's represented in this room. No drunk drivers. Nothing happens to you prematurely. You will live a full span of years. You will live your life. And even as the father declared over Jesus, not one of his bones will be broken. I declare that if you play sports, not one of your bones will be broken. This is a supernatural year of faith a supernatural year of protection. This is a supernatural year of planting. This is the year where the wild ones take root, where the wild ones produce fruit. This is the year that the wild ones get up out of them chairs and start giving God praise. That was a nice segue. This is where the wild ones get up out of those chairs and begin to give God praise. As we transition into a time of intercession, I want you to know that the wild ones are marked by crazy lives. People are not going to like you, some people, but most will. And the ones that don't like you, it's not that they don't like you, they just don't know what to do with the anointing that's on your life. But you better not dumb it down. You be great. You'd be amazing. You walk in the fullness of the authority that the Holy Spirit has given you. As your big brother in the faith, I want to tell you how proud I am of your commitment to the Desperation Conference, to this movement. I want to thank the leaders who allowed me to be a part of this legacy, to this great church, to all the churches represented. May the Lord bless you. May every volunteer, may every youth pastor, senior pastor have a double portion May the Holy Spirit refresh you. Those who are married, may the Lord bless your marriage, give you renewal of passion and joy, a refreshing and a release from any debt that has been causing you to have stress and causing you to lose sleep. May the Lord supernaturally free you from that.
And to every young person that's been struggling in identity, may the Holy Spirit show up right now, meet you face to face, and declare over you what the Father has designed you to be. Never again will you wonder who you're called to be. You will know who you're called to be before this conference is over. If you're one of the wild ones and you're ready to go to the next place in God, why don't you meet me down here? But this is only for the wild ones. Average ones, stay seated. As my brother from another mother who came in from Kansas City, who's now planted here, leads us. This is not a salvation call. This is a wild call. This is a call for the wild ones, for the committed core, for the ones that are going to serve the Lord with everything they've got.